What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, December 10th, 2020. Happy Hanukkah. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the former informer, Imran Khan. How are you, Imran? Good. I was going to do a British accent to apologize for not being Gary Witta, but then, like, the weirdest thing happened is I, I was about to do it and I forgot how to do a British accent. Like, oh, yeah, it, yeah, that'll happen. Uh, you it's just so think obvious. oi at the end of stuff. Oi, oi, yeah. Gavna. Yeah. Oi, Gavna. There you go, British. That's all yeah. it is. That's all you need. That's it. That, that, you sound like you're speaking the Queen's language. Trumpets, you know what biscuits. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you don't understand the Gary thing, of course, Kevin put out today on the Twitch notification, no Gary for a sad face. Come berate whoever is for not being Gary. But we promoted this episode as a Tim episode. So I don't even really understand. Like, it's not a Widow Wednesday. Yeah, it was yesterday, Kevin. Like, I don't understand why you just want to start shit with Gary. So, wait, start shit with Gary. If anything, I'm praising him for his greatness. What the fuck? Well, start shit about Gary. Involve, once you involve Gary in anything, you start shit. Because you know Gary. It no, doesn't matter if you're pro or con. If you're making comments including him, he's going to come at you. I love it. Uh, no, it's just because the go live, go live notification from yesterday was like, oh, my God, it's Gary. Come watch Gary. Uh, okay. okay. So when okay. I went to I rewrite it, I, I got all sad because um, I thought it was Tim. But this is much better. All oh, right. Yeah. way better than Tim. Yeah, way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I almost, cha- I almost changed it, but I had already written it by the time Imran popped in. So I was like, all right. All right. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Speaking of being a good day, it's Game Awards Day, and you have so much stuff to talk about. Tonight, you're going to be getting a new fighter in Smash and Fortnite. We also want to talk about how Cyberpunk is out today, and there are a million stories about it. And then we have more Bioshock job listings, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can give us your questions, your comments, your concerns, your squad up requests and everything else under the daily video game sun plus on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can get the show ad free you can get the show with the exclusive post show we do each and every day and you can support us and say hey you guys are doing a good job if you think we're doing a shitty job though i understand you can watch live for free on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games just like joshy g731 is jack o'wackoman is and so is captain buck your dome <laughs> if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kinda funny games you have a special job go to kindafunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kinda funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you today the game awards are tonight i've already said that we have stories about it jeff keely's teasing like nobody's business remember you can watch it live with us twitch.tv slash kind of funny games the show starts at four o'clock there is a pre-show at 3 3 30 uh, i'm not sure if we're reacting to that as well i know there's some announcements in there it's all up to what's going on with kevin kevin will decide and tell me what to do but twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to watch the game awards with us tonight if you want to watch it on your lonesome and then come back for reactions remember those reactions from us will will be up on youtube.com slash kinda funny games if that wasn't enough for you today in special events andy is going to be streaming cyberpunk 2077 showing off ray tracing and all the goodness on his nvidia rtx 3080 today 1 to 3 p.m pacific time and then tuesday december 15th from 11 to 1 pacific time thank you to our patreon producers blackjack today we're brought to you by quip trojan and better help but i'll tell you about that later we have no time to waste let's get to what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Six items on the Roper Report. And this is one of our most leading, or I miss one of our most misleading sixes of all time, Imran, because I put like 17 uh-huh. stories under Cyberpunk, and there's two yeah, there's, here on the top, and it's just stuff's happening. There's a lot of headlines here. Like, this is a huge lie, Greg Miller. I, you know, I like to lie. It's mm-hmm. my favorite thing to do. This could be an uh, actual number- Baker's dozen, actually. No, no, we we don't do that. We don't say that. That never happens. Uh, Number one on the Roper Report, you are getting a new Smash Brothers character and Fortnite character at the Game Awards. Both these stories come from Jeff Keighley's Twitter, where he tweets, who's the next bounty hunter Jonesy is bringing into Fortnite? Don't miss the Game Awards tonight for news on who's next, dot, 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 and maybe a little more. Been working with Donald Mustard and the team for a few months on some exciting stuff for tonight. 
Then in the exact same conversation, a different tweet, though. Still can't believe it. Dot, 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 dot. The next Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Fighter will be revealed live tonight during the Game Awards. So honored to have the entire game industry support the show tonight. It's going to be a fun one. Imran, where Mm -hmm. are your expectations, level of hype for both of these announcements? So my level of hype is pretty high. I'm I'm interested in seeing the new Smash character. We're all assuming that Master Chief is the, the Fortnite character. Correct. But looking at the phrasing of the tweet, the, the theme of this season is hunters. Yeah. And like, who are the Mandalorian is one who is a bounty hunter. Sure. Uh, Kratos is another one who is not a bounty hunter. He, he, he kills things. He, you know, he goes after things. I right, think they're yeah. playing fast and loose with what a hunter is. Maybe. But using the phrase, the words bounty hunter does make me think Samus Aran. Because mm, like, mean, that's, what, that's the hope. Right, that's the hope, the dream that yeah, you get both this season. You get Kratos, uh, Master Chief, and Samus. Yeah. So, like, obviously, Master Chief is the one everyone expects. We've gotten leaks to that effect. Sure, I guess. we've seen the images, right? We've seen Master Chief in the store. We've seen him riding his little dune buggy that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head. He's he's out there. He's got his thing. Yeah, going it's on. the Halo. That's the, that thing's called the Halo. The sure. Halo. Thank you. Of yeah. course, the dune buggy Halo. He rides all the time. Yeah. I, if I were doing this and. Let's say that, like, it's entirely fictionalized. I have no idea who these characters are going to be. Just speculating here. I would have a thing of Jonesy getting Samus Aran into Fortnite, then Samus getting Jonesy into Smash Brothers. Because that would be the the logical way to do it. That'd be fun. That'd be a really cool way to do it, yeah. I do think, like... Sorry, go on. uh, If it's going to be at the Game Awards, it's probably not going to be a Nintendo first-party character for Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. if you do that, you just do it in direct or own some other, like, uh, you'll have all eyes on you anyway. So this one, you make it somebody else. You make it a third party for some other company. So my question for you, because you have such a extensive Nintendo background. Whenever I bring up Samus, everybody always goes, eh. not that they don't want her, but like, eh, would Nintendo really do this? Do you yes. think Nintendo would really do this? I don't think, no. I, I, lots of Fair. things have changed in Nintendo over the years. Like, I don't think they would have done Cadence of Hyrule a couple of years ago, but then they did. So I don't, I'm not going to say like absolutely not, Nintendo would never do it. But yeah. it's very difficult for me to picture Samus Aran picking up an assault rifle and like going through for like the Fortnite map and shoot, making headshots. Sure. That okay. said, difficult okay. is not impossible. Like they do want more of these things. And maybe it is like, hey, waive your licensing fees for this Smash Brothers DLC character. And we'll, you know, we'll have you bit Samus in Fortnite. And you guys can have licensing fees for that one. Who knows? Who knows how it actually ends up breaking down business-wise? It's unlikely, but, you know, unlikely things have happened before. I want to believe. You know, I, my, my, my fear is, is the problem with doing uh, anything for, you know, Jeff and the Game Awards is that there's always a chance something's going to leak. And I feel like mm-hmm. obviously Master Chief looks like that. Obviously Persona uh, Strikers looks like that. We'll get to it in a little bit, but the Sonic news looks like that. Like, you know, you get to a, a point where stuff starts coming out. What makes me hopeful that we don't know the whole story is this dot, 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 and maybe a little more, right? Tonight, well, on who's next for Fortnite and dot, 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 maybe a little bit more. I wonder what that is because my hope, had been, you know, or my prediction actually, when they showed Kratos, I was like, here it is, Game Awards, Kratos, Chief, Samus, all in one trailer. And then the next day they put up the Chief uh, leaked images. Like, okay. So even if this is, it, it, it here's the new character, you know, Master Chief's on the the, uh, the store right now in Fortnite. When he shows up, I hope it is, even if it is his introduction, I hope that his introduction includes Kratos coming at him. And I do hope there's a third person that comes that we didn't see coming. And you get yeah. something like that. You get one of those cool moments. That would be cool. I'm I'm curious. So I, Smash Brothers is a good example of this because there are things that third-party companies won't allow Nintendo to do in promotional material. And some of those things are like, you can't show these characters getting beaten up by another character or you can't use them like a cloud is not in the uh, World of Light opening, for example. So I wonder if like Sony says, yeah, you can have Kratos, but you can't show him fighting Master Chief. That's just like, that is a bridge too far. Granted, yeah. I also thought Kratos would have been a bridge too far like a week ago, and now he, here he is in Fortnite. So, again, who knows? Fortnite is the biggest thing in the world. Well, okay, it's not. It's one of the biggest games in the world right now. So, they probably have a lot of rope they can use to, you know, make some of these negotiations. I, I'm curious if they do end up getting Samus, they do end up having a trailer with all three of those characters in there, or maybe not even Samus. Maybe it's like Captain Falcon or something, because he's also a bounty hunter. Then. I would be really, really shocked, but I would be incredibly, like, happily surprised. Yeah, I hold out hope because I feel like if you were able to get those characters into Fortnite 
even if it's let's just even take Samus out of it, right? We know Chief's coming. Microsoft and PlayStation know that's happening. They know how cool the game awards are. They know that like you know, it's been such a thing. Jeff's driving force with it, let alone when he actually did it, is to bring all the you know people together, all different consoles together on stage. Like when he had uh, Reggie, Phil, and Sean come out uh, to open the Game Awards last year, two years ago, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if if he if you can do that symbolically this year, right? Where it is like, all right, cool. Like, just have him fight in the same trailer, have him do this thing that you would never think you'd see, because it's exactly what happened with like the Marvel event, right? Where uh, so many clips went up of. Iron Man showing up with his backpack and or his jetpack and tossing it to Batman and everybody being like ah like what like what I made it happen like why not do that on a grander scale like admit what people are going to do with it and let it be that way as the debut yeah like to some extent Game Awards is also always chasing what I would call like the end Avengers Endgame moment of like sure. how do you get all these like major things together and like you said that Reggie Sean Phil Spencer thing is one example of that but if you do get all these like. One of the biggest pops for Game Awards that I can recall is when they showed Persona 5, or yeah. they showed Joker for Smash Brothers. And, and remember that? Remember when the, envel- the envelope turned and everybody flipped out? Yeah. And I honestly, like, Persona 5 is kind of small potatoes compared to a lot of other things out there. I, I think Jeff Keighley recognizes that. And if he can get some of these, negotiate some of these deals for the show i'm sure he absolutely wants to and he's been like since that announcement he's been like oh i can't believe that we're getting this reveal i don't think he would hype it up this much if it was just like i don't know uh toad or something like yeah, it that's was a pivot, pivot, pivot with me to smash brothers who do you think that's going to be like who's left on that roster that everybody's waiting for mm-hmm. like i said i do think it's a third party character i i don't know who it would be uh monster hunter might make sense Ahead of like Monster Hunter Rise in March, uh, who else? Maybe Crash a Resident Bandicoot? Evil character. Did Crash Bandicoot ever show up? Uh, he has not shown up, but yeah. yeah, Crash would be a good candidate. The I don't know. I don't know. This is me inventing patterns in my head. I don't sure. know that they do another Western character after Steve, like immediately after Steve. Fair, but Fair. also who knows? Like there are no actual patterns. It's all just guesswork. If like I personally do not know, but I am. My hope would be probably probably Monster Hunter. Like that would be my my personal guess. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Well, and, and that would kind of time out, right? When is that uh the Monster Hunter Switch they were talking about recently? When's that That's coming up? in March. Right? Yeah, so that would time out. If you could do a cool little tie in there, promote Yeah, release the release the game our character in January, February, hypes up characters for Rise. There you go. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have long to find out what these characters will be. Again, the Game Awards today slash tonight, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Watch with us, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, speaking of the Game Awards, number two on the Roper Report, the Game Awards future class has been revealed. Uh, the Game Awards, the video game industry's biggest annual year-end celebration today, revealed its inaugural future class list comp- composed of 50 talented individuals around the world who represent the bright, bold, and inclusive future of video games. The Game Awards future class Class features a diverse group of builders, thinkers, and dreamers who voices whose voices elevate the, and diversify the art form of gaming and whose passion makes the industry stronger. With backgrounds ranging from game development to esports and traditional sports to content creation and more, this prestigious group of individuals includes there's a whole bunch of names, but blessing Addy OEA Jr., ladies and gentlemen, the new Ooh, face woo! of video games, now a Game Awards future <laughs> class member uh, for other it's an honor that he's gonna he's the future of games wow all right yeah he's doing great work today to you know diversify no 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 he's talking about him he's talking about you know the industry as a whole not just not just that you know what i mean and kevin you make him go on camera so in a lot of ways you're helping you're a future class Pucho in this in the chat says bless who which i thought was really good that was really good that's That's a show (laughs) if you've been paying attention to people we have through the, through uh, kind of funny as well, uh, Elaine Gomez is on this list. Khalif Adams is on this list. Callie from uh, GameSpot is on this le- list. Steve Saylor is on this list. And then Hallie Gross uh, from Naughty Dog on this list. But like I said, a whole bunch of different people on there. You can head over to thegameawards.com uh, slash future dash class to read all about it. Uh, to bring the Future Class initiative to life, the Game Awards has partnered with two incredible creative artists, uh, painter Ryan Hewitt and musician Dope St. Jude for a multimedia piece that will be displayed during 
during the Game Awards 2020, uh, the Game Awards has released a video showing Hewitt's artistic process and how he imagined the Game Awards statue in portrait form here. You can click on the link from the thing and whatever. But hey, congratulations to everybody, but especially blessing Eddie Oye Jr. It's a, so it's a great list of very talented people. And like, yeah. I think I was, saying, I was saying on Twitter, like, this is the next generation of like video game personalities. Like, we're old and washed up, Greg. It, oh, our time is over. We got to retire soon. It's going to be people like Blessing, people like Callie, who like take video game personalities and like their writing and video and all that stuff into the next generation. Re- like, they are so well equipped for it. This 100%. is going to be such an easy transition for them. I'm, I'm personally incredibly proud to like know a lot of these people. Oh, I mean, 100%. And I think it's so cool to see so many names on there we recognize from people being on our shows or us guesting on their shows. And then, yeah, I mean, I've said it, you know, a million times on Twitter and to people privately, but again, publicly, I mean, I, I mean, for everything I am in whatever that means to you, ladies and gentlemen, I can assure you if I had the kind of first year in the industry blessing Addy Oye did, I would not have risen to the occasion in the way he did. In the way of tearing up your life, moving to San Francisco, then two and a half months in being sequestered to a room you're renting from Kevin's sister with no one you know in the house, really, right? To then, you know, as his star has risen so uh, quickly in the industry in such turmoil this year, where it was, a you know, such a rousing conversation of needing more diverse voices needing to understand each other better like that was so much to put on his shoulders over the summer and i'll never forget that week where he stepped up and led that week of uh kind of funny games daily and then guested on a million different shows and then went and did all this different stuff and was on spawn on me and like you want to talk about like i think really seeing him accept the role right accept the responsibility he has and uh do it overnight like literally do it overnight where it was like all right cool you can't be the new guy anymore you have to go out there and speak and i think you know you want to talk about like his background with okay beast and everything he did to obviously get on our radar and end up here kind of funny like that just goes to prove like what this is all about like if you go out there and you do it every day and you do amazing work like when you get to quote unquote the big leagues uh you're going to be able to go out there and perform no matter what so i could not be more proud of blessing also like this is a good reminder that it's never too late to you know make your mark like there are people on this list like blessing is one of the younger ones that are people who are a little like older as well and they're they are happy and proud to be on this list and we're all happy and proud of them like it's you can make a big impact in this industry or whatever it is you love to do at any age and don't let anyone tell you that like no you need to be under 30 or whatever like, like yep, that yep, yep it yep. is it, if you're work you want to do right now then keep working at it keep being the best you can be and eventually you'll get that like recognition you want kevin tonight uh, when we're done with the when you have a break today between game awards <laughs> after the recording I need okay. you to go into uh, Blessing's email and find stuff that's like compromising so we don't ever have to worry about him. Oh, yeah, no, like, I got a folder. Blackmail. I got a folder. Blackmail. Okay, uh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah sure, for sure, sure. I call it my Great. special folder. <laughs> i'm glad you titled it in a way no one would think to look there my special blackmail folder. My hidden, uh, hidden folder of mysteries. No one's going to wonder about that. All right, everybody, put on your cybernetics. It's number three. This is Cyberpunk Aftermath is what I'm calling it. Of course, Cyberpunk is out today technically, but I mean, realistically, dropped yesterday, 4 p.m. on PC and Stadia, where I know you're all playing, and then, you know, midnight across all the different territories and zones for consoles. And there are a bevy of different little news stories, tidbits, and things to toss out. But I want to start with this. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 sucks on last gen. This is Ethan Gotch over at Kotaku. I spent an hour playing Cyberpunk 2077 on Xbox One, and it hasn't been pretty sometimes it's been straight up ugly based on screenshots and footage other people are sharing online i'm not alone cyberpunk 2077 began rolling out on console earlier today starting in the new zealand time zone which is what i set my xbox series s2 to begin playing ahead of tonight's official midnight release on the east coast the game ran without any hitches and looked great on the next gen hardware despite being uh, the less powerful of microsoft's two new consoles it has been another story entirely on the xbox one There, I've had frame rate drops, UI and texture pop in, and an overall layer of fuzzy lighting and jagged reflections that make it hard or made it hard not to feel like I was playing a PS3 or 360 game, or at least a modern one on ultra low graphical graphic settings. The game is supposed to have a major day one patch. My game's version is 1.0.0.6, which appears to be the pre-patch version, but it won't let me install any further updates. 
Even after re-downloading the entire game from scratch, it's unclear how many people who are currently experiencing poor performance are, are also missing the patch. A number of players on Xbox One and PS4 have reported having similar issues on Twitter, not knowing if they have the day one patch or how to download it if they don't. Things don't appear much better on PS4. Videos going around sh- videos going around show similar issues with boxy faces and entire city blocks that look like they were dipped in Vaseline. There are issues beyond just the graphics as well. Polygon has a roundup of a number of glitches players have experienced so far on PS4 and Xbox One, though players on PC have reported a number of bugs as well, especially near the end of the game. Cyberpunk 2077 was previously set to come out in November, but was delayed by three weeks so CD Projekt Red could finish optimizing the last-gen versions of the game. Quote, I wouldn't say there is a problem because there's nothing wrong with the Xbox or PS4 versions. There is optimization to be handled also because of how we were approaching things from the get-go in terms of development. So there is no problem with Xbox or PlayStation 4, to be honest, uh, the studio, uh, the development studio's VP of business development said during an October sharehold meeting about the delay. This is Ethan has a, long, a longer article. I've done this. I've moved all these different things in and shoved it all that way. But that's I thought this was the most pertinent right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imran proving once again, this is why they didn't send fucking codes. They yes. knew they <laughs> fucking knew they fucking knew. And that's why they didn't send codes to everybody. I mean, honestly, yeah, a little bit like they that game. They know they can control the conversation quite a bit. And if they can avoid letting people see that Xbox one or PS4 version, then they're going to let or avoid it. Uh, I remember I, you were at the the E3 demo two years ago, right? When yeah, they first yeah. showed it, that like closed theater demo, and I sat down with ZDPR afterwards, and I was like, "You guys are saying this is coming out for PS4 and Xbox One? Are you lying?" And they're like, <laughs> "Like essentially, are you lying?" And they're like, "No, no, this is definitely coming out for those consoles." And I'm like, "Based on that demo, there's no way this game is coming out for those consoles." They made a fool of me because yes, it did, but also fuck you, Imran. We will do it just to spite you, <laughs> but also like. Maybe it shouldn't have. Like, obviously, it needed to because of install base. And you like, we'll, we'll talk about the numbers in a little bit. But you needed to get that game on those consoles. Sure. But it sounds like the people who buy it there are just not going to have a as good an experience as they could be having. I'm a little surprised that like, because uh, Ethan mentions that he's plays on the Series S, which is being done through backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. So all it's really getting from that is overhead, not necessarily like you know a next gen version of that game. Yeah. But it seems to perform a lot better on that than it does on the last gen consoles. So it's not like at least if you have a, a I guess current gen console, then you can play a version that is playable. But if you're playing yeah, only like PS4 or Xbox One, then maybe wait. I'm, pl- I'm playing. Uh, I started it last night. And I'm sure we'll talk about it here in a little bit. Started it last night on PlayStation Five, obviously running backwards compatible with PS4, and I was totally like, oh, this looks great. Oh, this runs well. I had a crash, of course, but I, it wasn't like. I was, you know, I, not knowing what the hell it was going to happen when I hit X and or whatever and started it up. And I'll granted what all of two and a half hours in I'm like, oh, this looks better than I was expecting for a game that they hid from us and wouldn't let us have <laughs> that. Yeah. They refused to give multiple codes for and they wouldn't give us console versions of it. All right, whatever. Yeah, um, I, I, I started playing on PC. I was like, oh, this is optimized surprisingly well. Like my PC doesn't necessarily like break the bank or anything, but I was able to run it high for with like six feet per second. That's just, you know, really impressive. But I've the rumors I had heard is that the PC version was done for a very long time. In the last six months, have mostly been console versions. Gotcha. So that like that it doesn't run super well on last gen consoles doesn't really surprise me. But it does kind of suck that they were so misleading in the marketing that they haven't really shown those console versions, which is all that's for sale now on for not PC alternatives. Yeah, and it's still surprising to me too that, and I guess not surprising. That's not the right word, but like that they with this extra time wouldn't have tried to bring up the ps5 xbox series x versions and i understand that's a ball of wax and i that they just weren't ready and like how the timelines have slipped and again if you're just trying to get this fucking game out the door finish the last gen versions that everybody has it'll be backwards compatible it's good enough but it would have been a different ball of wax i feel right now in conversations if they would have had the optimized ps5 series x things ready to go yeah like I wonder if it just, I know, I imagine COVID was a big problem. Like, Of course, that, they, that that, is, that's another news story that didn't make our rundown, but it is making the rounds of them talking yeah. about, yeah, obviously, COVID screwed a lot of things up for us. Yeah, that's the caveat for like all video game development stories this Everything year. Everything this year, but, yeah. Like, <laughs> this game was supposed to come out in April, and I kind of wonder, like, what was that version like? Like, before they delayed it till November, then to December. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. What that actually would have looked like. Uh, I, I, this is something I saw this headline go around literally as we were starting up, but, but I haven't brought it in and actually read it all the way through, Imran, but I want your opinion on it. We're talking about this last-gen uh, debacle right now. Over on Windows Central, uh, Richard Devine put up an article that is, Cyberpunk 2077 is proof Halo Infinite should skip the Xbox One. Just basically, So that was the thought I had when they announced the delay of like, when you're doing it in 2021, why have the Xbox One version? And I guess, like, you're only going to sell so many Series Xs and Series Ss in the next year. So it makes sense to have that version available for people who want to play it. But from a... So there's two perspectives to think about when we're talking about th- decisions like this. One is, okay, as a game-playing consumer who owns a next-gen console, hell yeah, put it only on Xbox Series X and S. Like, maybe yeah. even cut out Series S, personally. <laughs> but, like... That sounds like a great idea for me because I want to play the best possible version of Halo Infinite. But when we're talking about like, okay, this game costs X amount of money. We need to recoup X amount of things. We're also trying to push Game Pass subscriptions. We're trying to push like xCloud, all those things. Yeah, yeah. It it does because like you xCloud uh, on browser is coming out 2021. I think they announced yesterday. So like you do want to have all these available possible options for these games and some of them are going to hold it back a little bit. It's, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. the nature of the beast. So... I think to make the game they want to make, they do need to have a clearly outlined budget of what, how well this game will sell, how many people are going to play it, how many people are going to constantly be like doing microtransactions on various things or whatever. In, in that sense, maybe the fact that it's on Xbox One and Xbox One X and all that stuff helps it be a better game in the long run. Maybe not immediately technologically, like the base version and like how far it has to be held back, but in terms of features we're getting, in terms of long-term support, in terms of how many developers they can really dedicate it to it, would that game be able to be delayed a year if they couldn't guarantee that it has an extra 40 million people to pl- that could possibly play it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see as we get further and further into Cyberpunk's actual release as we talk here on literally day one. Uh, patches, what it's able to do, what it's able to end up looking like, what stability will be over across the board, what next-gen versions will look like. But then, yeah, you think about a year after the launch of the Series X and S, like, does uh, Xbox really need to worry about what's going on on Xbox One if it holds back that version of the game, if we're in a similar situation here? And not even if it holds back. That's not even right, I guess. It's if... If it just runs like shit on the Xbox One, if 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 you're you're doing it to say, hey everybody, we want to make sure Halo's everywhere for everyone, but the people who buy it on Xbox One are like, this is garbage. Like it doesn't even look good. They're, like I've seen the PS4 footage of Cyberpunk on a base model. It's like, oh my god, I'd be furious. <laughs> I mean, we're already kind of approaching that. Like Control came out last year, and Control barely ran on those like the the launched versions of those consoles. So yeah. like, I think we were already pushing this and. I think a lot of the transitional era of like, well, both games are coming out on both consoles for a while is going to be like tumultuous in a way. Like, I'm really interested in what's going to happen with Horizon. Like, yeah, there's going to be two versions of that game. Is it just going to be a de facto PS5 game because the PS4 version just runs like garbage? Or is it going to be like super well optimized and does actually make a difference? And if it if it is the first situation, is that actually not good advertising for the PS5? Like hey, we're still putting out games for you. We still care, but there's only so much we can do technologically. Just buy a PS5. It seems like, and I mean, this is a little bit apples and oranges because we're talking about the launch of the PlayStation 5, but it seems like it's worked in Miles Morales' favor where Miles Morales, everybody sees as a PS5 game and the people I know who have played it on a PS4 aren't sitting there going, oh my God, it's unplayable. They just, you know, get load screens that you don't usually get on PS5. Yeah, but also like, Miles Morales is a great example of the things the PS5 can do. Because, like, yeah. with the activities, the, you, like, the load screens are a thing, but not having load screens honestly transforms that game from, like, okay, this is, like, I, I can do a Platinum eventually to, I could probably knock out the Platinum today. Like, yeah, exactly. No, there's no barrier, right? There's no, yeah. re- there, there's never the, you know, it's what we've, I think you've tweeted about it, and I've definitely joked about it, but it's that thing of, like, it's a weird thing of playing PS5 and Series X games of not checking Twitter anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it used to, like there used to be a distraction. There used to be a, an opening for you to let your mind wander or whatever. But now, when you're in games that are going to be running this way, you don't have to. There's no reason for that. Yeah, and like there are cross-gen games that I don't think do it well quite yet. Like uh, Immortal Phoenix Rising is an example of. Oh, they clearly designed this for the Xbox One PS4 generation. Because like when I, di- I don't know if you played it yet, but like when you I die have- in certain areas, like 
there's a load screen and that caught me off guard the first time i was like wait we're still doing load screens now like it was only like three or four seconds but like that's the that's why that's yeah. when i that's why i noticed it is because they have tips and then a joke from zeus and i really real quick i learned if i want the joke i just read the joke it loads too fast on ps5 so if i want to know what zeus is joking about just jump to that yeah but yeah I, i'm i'm interested to see like what is the next gen version of cyberpunk end up looking like yeah me too if it's just like, hey, this actually runs at a decent frame rate and like, it's it's fine. Maybe that's enough. And I wonder if they repackage it, and be like, hey, you can buy the old gen version, but here's a PS5 version that actually looks good. Uh, let's continue. Like I said, there's still a lot more cyberpunk. We're talking about how it's running bad on last gen consoles, but nobody cares because it's putting up insane numbers on PC. This is Matt Perslow at IGN.com. Cyberpunk has set a new record for the highest number of concurrent players in a single-player game, dominating the previous high by more than double. It's tracked by Steam Database. Cyberpunk 2077 saw a record high of 1,003,262 players within hours of it launching at midnight GMT on December 10th. The previous peak players for a single-player video game on Steam was held by Fallout 4, which, back at its launch in 2015, achieved 472,962 players. As you can see, Cyberpunk 2077 has more than doubled that record. It's worth noting that this was not I'm sorry, that this will not account for every PC player. Cyberpunk 2077 is also available across GOG and Epic game stores, uh, too. So, uh, to get the true concurrent peak for PC, it would be likely higher. Uh, factoring in consoles and Stadia 2, and there were certainly a lot of people playing Cyberpunk within hours of its release. As if that number wasn't staggering enough, CD Projekt Red had tweeted this out too. We are truly humbled that so many of you trusted us and decided to support Cyberpunk 2077 before the release. Even 8 million thank yous isn't enough. Uh, the journey has begun and we will see be hard at work on the upcoming fixes and updates for the game. See you in Night City. The reference there, Imran, of course, is that more than 8 million pre-orders were put out for this game before yeah. anybody got their hands on it. I think there's going to be an interesting conversation to be had of what is the value of pre-release reviews in a or for a game that has sold 8 million copies out of the gate? Mm, like, mm, mm. 8 million people have already decided it doesn't really matter what this game, or what people say about this game critically, yeah. I have already decided that I'm going to buy it. And, like, that's totally fair. I, I've pre-ordered tons of games in my lifetime. I've pre-ordered tons of games recently. Like, but... How do I put this? So, there's been response to reviews that are very oh, from there, like has there been discourse on this i haven't seen any <laughs> that vary from like you know nice well-meaning disagreement to like absolute like fuck shit crazy and like fuck those people fuck like just get get them the hell out of the gaming community fuck but off. yeah but i do wonder if this is not anyone's fault in any way like except for the people who act, react badly but it's not anyone's <laughs> fault or a bad thing necessarily that there are eight million people who pre-ordered this game but at what point do like embargo reviews actually mean anything for those 8 million people if they sure. mean anything at all and i wonder like what the conversation is going to arise around that thing and i also wonder like we were talking about how they didn't show consoles like yeah. how many of those 8 millions were on the console versions and how many of those people are going to feel kind of burned because they pre-ordered a game that they didn't honestly realistically see the real version of or their version of at all before release yeah, I mean, this is a conversation we were having, uh, I think on PS I Love You XOXO about the, you know, okay, cool, blessing, you've reviewed it, we're answering all these questions, and it was this conversation about, all right, cool, and it, I think we were talking maybe a question about like, you know, when are we going to get console codes, and I was like, spoilers, we're not. Like, we're not going to get those ahead of time because why would you? Now the embargo's up, so if it is running like garbage, we're all allowed to say it's running like garbage. So you stifle that as they did to keep it going. And it was this whole thing of like, uh, Blessing was trying to guess the Metacritic. And it was like, well, this thing of like, oh, well, you know, we'll have to see. And I'm like, well, remember too that like the Metacritic is going to be pristine on launch day because all the reviews are and I, not as pristine as it can be because they're all based on this uh, PC code. They're all based on this very small pool of reviewers. It's all as controlled as possible so that even when I was I was talking at the time of like, you know, PlayStation 5 backwards compatibility version comes out and doesn't run at all. It's garbage there. Even, you know, the best it could be, it's still garbage. That PlayStation 5 review will still be days away before you ever see a PlayStation 4 version of Cyberpunk with a Metacritic. Like yeah. it, 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 people did, we were all dealt the hand we were dealt as reviewers. And it's back to what you're talking about of like, where does this enter in with the consumer then? And what does it matter to them, right? Because how are you going to, 
suss out all this information i think you know you're talking about like uh, jo- jokingly obviously but for halo if you're like fucking get rid of the series s version two just do series x right like that's a rallying cry that i think not everybody but a <laughs> lot of us would be like totally about and i'm talking about you the listener the viewer because you are obviously a hardcore video gamer who care about this cares about this industry in a way that if you're at a dinner table and somebody says ken levine you know who that is you know what's going on you're dialed in already in a way that normal people aren't but where does it shake out for the normal person who sees yesterday or probably today? I'm not even sure. They're watching TV and there's a cyberpunk trailer and all it is is nines and tens and amazing and re- redefines RPGs. And they go to the store and they buy the PlayStation 4 version. They bring it home and it doesn't even work on their thing. Like mm-hmm. this is the push and pull always of what we do. Action Pat wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, um, he wanted this to be a post-show thing, but I like it here. Game reviewers uh, should be upset with CD Projekt Red's actions now that they are targets for quote-unquote lying in their reviews, which is not true. Should reviewers stand up against CD Projekt Red for this, CDPR? It's a loaded question, actually, Pat, on a lot of different ways. And I think it depends on who you are and what you come down to and how you view the industry. Like, I love being a critic if you want to define me as that i love doing reviews at ign i love talking to you about games i love all these different things but i like to think that i present it with also the fact that hey guess what we're all part of this machine and guess what like we're all talking about these toys we love but they don't know it's a fucking thing cd project red can only send us one pc code to review and that's what we do the the for us the bridge to continue the conversation is to point out to you that's what happened it's then to speculate and pontificate of, I wouldn't trust the console versions just yet. Be careful. Be, you know, buyer beware on that. That's all on, that's the relationship we have. CD Projekt Red doesn't owe anyone anything in terms of it. And to look at this, like what, piggybacking off the story, right? More than 8 million pre-orders were filed. They could have said, fuck you to reviews in general. <laughs> they could have just been, you know what? Put out three more Keanu trailers. That's all we need to do. But they went a different route and put the game out in a very specific way to get the very specific information about their game going and what it is. And what it is, like that, the PC version is the game, right? But then how do you go in and extrapolate what happens from there? Like, this is all part of the machine, Imran. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's one of those things that, like, for the longest time, the push and pull between PR and developers and journalists has been, like, not acrimonious but it's been it's been a thing of we're somewhat at odds like we all want to work together but there are things of they use us because the 91 metacritic looks good on launch day and they're taking a risk by saying like okay we know that they could it could be that they take the console version to heart way more when the PC version is the one we want to put and journalists and consumers go, but wait, you're also still selling the console version. So that has to be part of the equation. And like, it is a thing of we, everyone kind of needs to understand the parts that are in play from consumers to journalists and all that and take everything with a grain of salt. People should be able to look at, I was talking to Blessing about this, is that people should be able to look at those pre-release marketing trailers and go like, okay, but this is the most polished version they'll possibly ever show. Like this is running on their dev kits or whatever. And they, they ran it through a marketing department that made sure like, okay, that's a visual glitch. Like there's no one sitting on an invisible toilet in the highway in this demo as that, as it happened to me in the first 10 minutes of the game already. (laughs) Like they, they know how to make the game package to look good. Consumers shouldn't take that as this is what the game is actually going to end up looking like because that's never a guarantee. And they know that journalists are going to like look at the actual gameplay holistically in a way that like consumers may not. They may actually be more critical than others. I was talking to on Twitter to like Mike Williams and all that yesterday about like the journal or uh, journalism reaction to Ghost of Shima versus like the actual like consumer the fan reaction. reaction. Yeah. yeah. And like we brought up Days Gone and all that stuff too. Yeah. There's all there's always going to be that difference too of like we're going to care more about certain things than other people do. And developers are always going to have to like developers of PR and publishers will always have to weigh that out. Like what will journalists care about versus like will that actually matter to sales and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So yeah. I I don't think reviewers are going to be upset cuz it's just like a there today is going to be a day of like full of gifts of broken parts of Cyberpunk 2077. Like maybe yeah. it'll be like stymied by the game awards and all that. But on Twitter, it's going to be mostly like, yo, I this NPC is like Jason Trier posted that his just world was covered in trees. That's fucking hilarious. That's a I great love that. Clip. I love that. Yeah, yeah. These tiny little trees everywhere. And then you put nature finds a way. That was such a fucking dynamite <laughs> response. No, I mean, action pass question. Should reviewers stand up to CD Project Red for this? I my personal reaction is 
no, they should be honest with their audiences about this. Like, I don't think, I don't, my, you know, I don't think my reaction as the guy who got the code, takes care of codes for kind of funny when we got the one PC code and this is the NDA I signed, the embargo I signed, we get the one code. My reaction there, I don't think should have been to email back and be like, you are out of line and this is blah, blah, blah. And like, no, like again, they're playing the game the way they want to play it. My role is though, that when we do that is to be very clear of like, uh, as I did in the review, blessing is the only one that played this. We only got a PC code. What does that mean for console? Extrapolate at your own means. I hope, and I said this over and over again throughout this week. I hope it means nothing. I hope everything's fantastic, but it might not. And base units, it did not work out that way. And so it comes down. It's and and don't get me wrong. I saw plenty of, uh, video game critics personalities you know youtubers putting up things of like hey i didn't agree to i won't agree to how uh the nda wants me to cover this game so i'm not covering this game i have played it i have beaten it but i won't Uh, you know one of the big things was you weren't allowed for the initial review embargo to capture new video you had to use video they had which was a huge problem for certain audiences or certain critics slash outlets because of course that's not how they do or cut their reviews it wasn't for us because no matter what, it was just going to be us talking <laughs> at a table about it. Like, what did you see, Blessing? And he, in Blessing, it was very clear. I saw all these crashes, all these visual bugs. That's mm-hmm. how it is. It's about, it's all part of the same relationship where I don't think it's to be screaming at CD Projekt Red about it. But I also think then on the other side, you have to be honest with your audience and your audience has to be receptive to what you're saying. They have to listen to that part of it. And that doesn't happen when your audience, and I'm not painting everybody with a broad brush here at the big outlets, but it doesn't happen when your audience just scrolls down to the number and the verdict and goes, oh, this game's a 9.0 and walks off and buys it on PS4 and doesn't pay attention to where the code came from and how it all worked. Also, like, the problem I have is what does stand-up to CDPR mean? Because, like, if it is, like, if Witcher 4 code comes late, do we just not review it? And the answer to that is no, because that hurts us. Like, we can't not review a big game because that's how we pay, you know, pay the bills, basically. That's the job, right? I mean, that's the... that, And that's, you know, it's something I talked about in a... um, uh, this month's Gregway, or I guess last month's Gregway on patreon.com slash kind of funny, which you don't have to go buy. For. It's just a dollar. It'd be great if you went. But it was the one of the people wrote in about like the Harry Potter games and uh, uh, J.K. Rowling being transphobe. And it was this thing of like, oh, man, this is a nuanced question and a, an, an, an answer that we don't have to think about. And I'm wondering how much more news will come out before it. But like, what do you do with that? Like, our job is to talk about video games. But like. Is it to stand up to, in this case, CD Projekt Red? Is it to make a stand over there uh, with Warner Brothers Games who and the people who are developing that game that aren't J.K. Rowling? Like, there's all these different things that you get into and have to start sussing out. And I think that's awesome because I love that we take our medium so seriously to that extent. But to even pull it back, like, that's this is still the relationship to it. And yeah, like, I think the way you take it, the way you stand up in quotes to CD Projekt Red from Greg Miller's perspective right now is this conversation, yeah, which is... I think they pissed away a lot of goodwill on this cyberpunk thing. I think that they were unfucking touchable after The Witcher. Unfucking touchable. They put a thank you note in the disc. They gave away the free DLC. Blood and Wine was fantastic. Everything was fucking aces and roses for them. And then this entire CD Projekt Red, or, uh, uh, cyberpunk lead up, right, has been, wait, are they transphobic? Wait, why do they say that? Wait, wh- how does it run? Why don't we have codes? What is the, like, there's uh, the epilepsy stuff, which we're about to talk about in a second. It's just like, they stepped on a lot of rakes in the front yard here that I don't think they needed to do. And so yeah. next time around, when we talk about Witcher 4, we talk about whatever the next game it is from them. It's no longer, oh, CD Projekt Red, you can trust them. It is CD Projekt Red, like, oh, will it actually run on consoles? Yeah, like, at some point they run out of road. And who knows when that's going to be, but it it feels like they got their 8 million sales, so now what do they do? The, the question of, like, what does 2021 look like for CDPR is a very valid question that I think they need to be introspective about, too. Uh, let's get a couple more out of here before we get out of this, the cyberpunk air area. Uh, streamer Mode still has a copyrighted song, it turns out. They, uh, CD Projekt Red tweeted, We just noticed there's a song in the game which might put a DMCA strike on your channel even when playing with the disable copyrighted music option on. While we work on fixing it, please make sure to turn the sound off during the first two brain dance sequences. Apologies. Hey, they're on top of it. That's good. Yeah. Enough. And then, speaking of brain dance sequences, uh, Greg Way, Game Informer, I think we've talked about this over the past couple of days. Game Informer put up a piece about, hey, like the one of the brain dance things over here actually causes an epileptic seizure. Epi- epilep- mm-hmm. Epileptic seizure. You got it. I got there. Epilepsy. Uh, anyways, uh, so be super careful about that. Uh, 
Elise Favis over the Washington Post tweeted overnight, booted up Cyberpunk 2077 to see a seizure warning come up at the start of the game that wasn't there before. Really amazing to see how at Dirty F and Hippie from Game Informer helped make meaningful change happen for the safety of players. So again, shout out not only to Game Informer for making this happen, not only Dirty F and Hippie, but then also, uh, I mean, CD Projekt Red for going, oh shit, fuck, put a warning in there. Hopefully they also are working on patching that out and getting rid of it. Yeah, that... I'm I'm shocked they didn't realize it the first time. And like I said this the other day on KFTD, but this is why games need an accessibility specialist from day one to go to like, hey, you can't do that. This is going to be bad for like other people. Uh, and then I have a question here. So now we've talked a whole bunch about Cyberpunk. We're going to ask a question about Cyberpunk, all right? Mango JR writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Good morning, kind of funny buddies. What a night. Took about 2.5 hours to get Cyberpunk to finally download, and I had to stop the download for the pre order content to get that to happen. Regardless, I got into it. I played until about 1 30 a.m., and I gotta say, I'm not blown away like I expected to be. I had a good time for the most part, gameplay wise, and I'd say 75% of the bugs were more funny than anything, but I'm having a hard time connecting to V or the story. Do you guys think that the do you guys think that fair criticism for this game is getting drowned out by excuses uh, because people just want to love this game or do you think the things being said are pretty accurate? I also wonder if this game uh, had so much press and was hyped out so much that it'd be impossible to actually live up to our standards. But I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Mango JR. Imran? That's a multifaceted question and the answer to everything even the contradictory parts are yes. Like yeah, that we talked about eight million pre-orders. That's eight million people who are, by human nature, predisposed to like not want to think they've wasted money. Can't wait for this. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I suspect that yeah, this game it's been a thing for a while. This game has been so hyped to heaven and hell that we there's it's a very impossible for most people to take an objective look at it to be beyond like I've heard all these great things about this game, but also it's been in our head. They've attached a well loved like actor to it who's been out there as a spokesperson for it it was a major part of like press conferences so some degree of the tribalism people have towards consoles it also bleeds over to like defense of the game in a way but like i i also kind of had that thing of like okay i'm playing this as someone who tries to go into games with no expectations i went into it going like all right this is cool but like I climbed this tower, and my immediate thought is, I feel like I've done this in Far Cry like a million times. Like, you know, it's, and that's not a fair because it was like the first time I entered the game. But like, it's a thing of if you go in expecting the most revolutionary thing possible, it's not going to be that. It's never going to be that. People yeah. are like, there's a big Breath of the Wild backlash in general because people hear all these things about how it's oh one of the greatest games ever. Then you play the game, it's like, no, this is just a very very good video game. It's not one of like the. It's not going to just blow your mind and change video games in every single possible way. Cyberpunk is kind of the same way. I, granted, I've not played the same entire game yet. I've not played even a significant portion yet. But I do think hype can drive those 8 million pre-orders, but can also be like poisonous to like the critical thought you could have about a game. There was no way this game was going to live up to it. And, and that's, you know, for as long as we've been talking about it, as much uh, juice as it got behind it, as much, like there just wasn't. And so I came in with, you know, I thought low expectations like even watching some of the you know uh not low average expectations right where i was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, i like open world rpgs i like western rpgs i'm excited to play it but i wasn't like eating up everything about it i didn't look into different characters and yada 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 but you know, we watched the night cities and we did all that stuff starting it after having read like i talked about it jeff grubb's review which i thought set the bar at, at accurately in terms of like okay cool like it's a it's a good open world rpg but it's just not revolutionary and even uh you know Callie's from GameSpot's review starting it up last night and playing it I'm enjoying what I'm playing I really liked I only did well I've two hour two and a half hours in three hours in I only did the training session and then the one mission where you, you use the gun for the first time I really liked that mission of I thought the gunplay felt good I really liked looting everything at the end of it and but it was that thing of like oh man I'm looting all this stuff and then I sold my junk and then I'm talking to a guy and I'm like yep this is just a much nicer looking fallout which I'm all on board for I fucking love that kind of game but I totally get that if you walked in thinking this is going to be the next fucking great you, this is going to set the world on fire it's going to change everything the disappointment you would have and so like to your question mango gr i don't even think fair criticism is getting drowned out i think that you're seeing a lot of discourse and i think there's a push and pull between people being like it's the greatest thing ever and then people being like 
it's a disappoint. It's the most disappointing. The people who are saying it's the most disappointing. I feel are extrapolating the wrong things from the quote unquote negative reviews. The sevens. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, oh my god, it's not a nine point five. Those reviews that I think set the bar accurately. And as somebody who even when I was at IGN was like, I wanted to, I wanted uh, us as a company to explore the scale and try to you know stress to your audience that a seven isn't a bad game. It's just not this thing. Like. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying what I played last night of Cyberpunk. I'm excited to finish this show and play all uh, day till the Game Awards. I'm doing that horrible thing, though, Imran, where I'm wrestling with the fact of, like, do I want to restart? Do I want to restart it and redo my character? Because I don't like how my character looks 100%. Now that I kind of understand how the backstory is influencing, I'm like, I don't know if Corpo really fits for what I'm doing here. I don't know. I, don't I know chose what I Nomad. Do. I was like, no, I'm not going to be Corpo. Like that. I'm not going to sell out. See, I, I thought it'd be cool to sell out and be Corpo like Bud Fox in Wall Street, but like that, no spoilers, like the backstory seems to be done really quickly. And so yeah. then you're just in this thing and I'm like, oh, well, like in this backstory, does it even matter that I was corporate once? Am I going to get back to being corporate? Like, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I'm going back to being a corporate person. Yeah. But we'll like rev- in, when you have a game that was announced, it has been in development for seven years, you you kind of have to drop the idea that that game is going to be revolutionary because it's been development sure. for seven years. Sure. It's going, it's going to be based on ideas from seven years ago, largely. Granted, there could be like revolutionary aspects of it, but like keep your expectations in check of how new everything is going to be because it's probably not going, it's probably going to reflect the best thinking of the time when those things were concepted out. Agreed. Imran, we're having quite a show as I knew we would. Why don't we take a break right now so I can say, hey, patreon.com slash kind of funny games is really, really cool. You can go there to be part of the show, but you can also go there to get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, let me tell you about Quip. There are only two types of people in the world. Those of us who brush and floss every day and those who just might start. Thanks to Quip's new refillable floss pick. You know Quip, the electric toothbrush you hear about all the time, specifically from me. I just sunk my points last night, but I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but it's their sleek, uh, reusable floss pick you'll want to use next. The durable handle is an e- is easy to guide, restrings with a click, and comes with a compact mirrored dispensing case for on the go. Pair your floss with the perfect electric toothbrush for adults and kids. Quip has the simple guiding features you need, like timed sonic vibrations with guiding pulses for you to brush better. You can personalize your routine with over nine premium brush colors, uh, plus anti-cavity toothpaste for every taste in mint and watermelon. And now you can get amazing rewards just for brushing better every day. The Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush connects to the free Quip app so you can earn amazing rewards like free products and discounts. Hold on, I'm going to open it up because I got it. I got it. I got it in my health thing. Look at that. Look at that. 174 points, Imran. That's right. I'm going to be getting assume, a Target a gift card. Yeah. yeah. That's a great score. Are you kidding me over here? Get a Target gift card soon. I'm very stoked. Can you uh, platinum toothbrush or brushing your teeth? No, nah, it's it's like a, it's a games as a service. It goes on forever. You know what I okay. mean? Yeah, it's bad trophy list. Uh, Quip also delivers brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months for $5. Shipping is free, so you can save money and skip the store. Uh, bring the light to your everyday brushing and join over 5 million miles brushing with Quip uh, starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you'll get that first refill for free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash games. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash games. Quip, better oral health, made simple. Up next, it's the Trojan Tantrix Pleasure Sleeve. Tantrix is the word I struggle with every time, but not today. Trojan Tantrix pleasure sleeve. While your hands get it done, and frankly, it's always good to be there, uh, there's a new and dare we say more exciting way to masturbate. Introducing Trojan Tantrix, the new sex toy for the boys. Introducing the new Trojan Tantrix pleasure sleeve, a handheld soft textured sheet like really, really soft. Tantrix is designed uh, to enhance the sensation of each stroke with textured ridges and ma- to max pleasure. Uh, since it fits in your hands, you already know how to use it. <laughs> uh, it's true uh, you just do what you would normally do you have full range of motion so you can adjust your grip and pressure to stimulate where you want to uh, use with a water-based lube use tantrics for solo pleasure to take pleasure into your own hands or spice up the elusive hand job and use it with your partner with tr- trojan tran t- damn it, i screwed up at the end with trojan tantrics there's a better way to do it uh, so head to amazon walmart or walmart.com and make masturbation so much more tim do ordered sex sorry? toys have review scores we went to trojan.com yesterday to look at all this stuff on the show and yeah they they have a bunch of reviews up there and scores okay i wonder if they have like a metacritic i'm telling you when this video game stuff we're gonna get into kind of sex toys daily you know what i mean that's what we'll be doing yeah uh, better KFAF, help. And that, this, yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> BetterHelp is our final sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling uh, done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may or may not, or which may, I'm sorry, not be locally available in, in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Uh, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors as needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Uh, visit BetterHelp.com games. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health uh, with the help of an experienced professional. A special offer, offer for Kind of Funny Games daily listeners, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash games. Back to it. Number four on the Roper Report uh, is the next Bioshock, a sandbox RPG. We're reading at GameSpot from uh, Darren, yeah, Darren uh, Bonthus. Uh, a new set of job listings from Bioshock 4 developer Cloud Chamber Games, as spotted by Maruno NL3 on Twitter, has revealed that the next chapter in the series could be a big departure from previous games. The developer is searching for a systems designer that specializes in, quote, ambitious, narratively driven project full of character and personality, end quote, and other developers who can flesh out the game's dialogue systems. Another listing for an applicant who would be responsible for interactive world systems and non-AI systematic ecology and player growth systems lists expertise in RPG games as a requirement for the game that could be Bioshock 4, which the studio describes as an emergent sandbox world that contains a meaningful AI urban crowd system. Imran, what the fuck's the next Bioshock? You, you gotta know. You know everything. I, if you consider Bioshock a... Spiritual successor to System Shock, which I think like originally it was supposed to be. Sure. Like this makes sense as like the next evolution of where you'd want to go is like dialogue choices and actual like choices that matter. And obviously you couldn't really do that with Bioshock One because that would kind of destroy the theme of the game. And that's kind of what Bioshock Infinite was sounds like it was going to be, but then they pulled back on the scale of it. So given more time and better technology and you know different people, it does make sense that Bioshock Four goes more in that direction. How far it goes in that direction, who knows? Like maybe it's just a first-person shooter with occasional like choices or like a like a Black Ops Two kind of thing. But I, I'm interested to see this. I I am more interested to see what Bioshock can be, and this sounds pejorative. I don't mean it to. Uh, without Ken Levine, than like anything else. Because I'm just like, what do what do fans of Bioshock think defines Bioshock? Like I know what Ken Levine thinks defines defines Bioshock. He's shown us twice, but. What do like people who like played that game? God, it would have been like fifteen years ago now. Like, what did <laughs> what did they think about it versus you know, like what the creators think? And I, I I'm very eager to see that happen. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do with it and take it and you know do whatever the new direction is. But at this point, it's just a name. Like I understand, yeah, it's a name that has a legacy, so you're trying to live up to that, so they know what they're working with. But like, my like, cool, like, that's just gonna be a game, and I'm. T- hope it's awesome you know i'm stoked to see it but cool if it's an rpg it's an open yeah. sandbox whatever great for you i assume it's a, it's a first person shooter with like a lighthouse and that's that's basically all we know about it so far <laughs> or we guess <laughs> i guess unless they're like no screw that bioshock infinite thing we're gonna do our own thing no lighthouse that's that's the design zox says no lighthouse no lighthouse there are no lighthouses that's a twist <laughs> Number five on the Roper Report, Bad Robot is launching an internal game studio. This is Dean Takahashi over Adventure Beat. J.J. Uh, Abrams Film Company, Bad Robot, has launched its own game development studio, Bad Robot Game Studios. Nope, that's wrong. Bad Robot Games Studio. Uh, the entertainment company is run by the Star Wars filmmaker, uh, has hired uh, Michael Booth, a veteran game creator behind titles such as Valve's Left 4 Dead. Booth will be the general manager of the internal studio, and he will report to former Valve and Oculus leader Anna Sweet, who was recently hired as CEO of Bad Robot Games. Santa Monica, California-based Bad Robot Games will now have two different businesses that Sweet will manage. Uh, it will work on co-development deals with external game partners, and it will also make its own games under the studio headed by Booth, who previously worked at Valve, Blizzard Entertainment, Facebook, and EA. 
Sweet said uh, that Booth, who is most recently director of social VR at Facebook, is leading a team that will produce an original game for Bad Robot. Uh, the game will be a AAA title for the PC and consoles. Uh, Sweet said it will immerse both players and streaming audiences into a co-op cinematic experience. Great. Right. I feel like every three years I hear about the talent behind Left 4 Dead is making another co-op yep. on like and like <laughs> the only thing I feel like has come out from that was Evolve. Yeah. And well remember now, then the Turtle Rock guys started their own studio not too long ago. Yeah. And that was news, but it was also like, we'll talk to you in 2023 or some shit like that. It was like back for blood or something. And they like obviously that game is still early, so they haven't shown anything. But I feel like I I see this story every few weeks. Like at some point they're gonna run out of people that are saying this. So <laughs> some we'll point they're happens. gonna run out of people who are saying this. <laughs> yeah, like, Turtle Rock's upcoming zombie shooting back for blood. Yeah, it's over there. Yeah, it'll happen someday. Evolve someday. was not anything like to be, you know. Evolve was, was it? It was fine. It was yes. aggressively fine. Evolve's problem was that it got too complex with the roles and it required too much teamwork. So then you could no longer jump into a random ass match and then it was just like over. I'd, I'd say Evolve's problem was it demoed super well. That like, yes. oh, this is super, this is so fun the first time I play it. Then you do it the next time, it's like, oh wait, this, this match was exactly like the last match. Yep. And then you, you switch roles like, Okay, this isn't as fun. I wish I was the other one. Like the, there was so much emphasis on like that first serotonin hit that yeah. after that it was not. It, it demoed it so well at E3s that. and private sessions, and I remember going doing IGN videos over there that were just us playing for like an afternoon, and we had so much fun. And then when we got it and brought it home, and it was the normal thing of like, can you play? Oh, I can't play. Okay, well, I'm gonna run this class. Can anybody? I mean, you're like, oh, can you go trying to randomly matchmake and get people in there, and they didn't want to do it, or you like, you were talking about you played another class because you had to and you hated it. It was just like, okay, no, no, thank you. Left for Dead's beauty was just like drop in, drop out, and get a shotgun, get a machine gun, you're all set to go. Yeah, I think they should make more online co-op games that are like X-Men Legends. Like, just do that. That is an untapped genre that there should be more online games in. Like Ultimate Alliance Three. Yeah, was that online? Yeah. Oh, cool. I. Don't think I realize that. You should. It's never hard to get me and Barrett to go play it. We'll go play it. While we're on the entertainment side, not a full uh, news story, but I want to attack these on for you. Sony has bought Crunchyroll, and then Netflix is getting a new 3D animated Sonic series from Sega. Wild Brain HQ and Man of Action Entertainment is premiering in 2022. That is a tweet from Netflix that has since been deleted, leading Imran to think maybe it's a Game Awards announcement that came out early. That seems like some real pre-show energy. Of like yeah, a Sonic Netflix announcement, but yeah, who knows? Like Man of Action, they made that really bad Mega Man show, so who knows? Maybe this will be better. Uh, and then number six was going to be a, a jokey story because it's real, but whatever. There's a pa- there's an Alexa Pac-Man game, and it has a subscription. Pac-Man Waka Waka, a new audio-based game for select Amazon devices, is out. Uh, you can go and play it, and then uh, you talk to it to make to play it. You, you can say Waka to go right, Waki to go left, Wiki to go up, and Wiki Wika. We call to go down to direct Pac-Man on a new adventure as he chomps away his way through spectacular mazes, escaping ghosts, and eating delicious fruit along the way. Uh, there's 15 mazes for you to do, but then the real kicker here, to access the new Pac-Man Waka Waka experience, enable the skill and provide parent or guardian permission on the Alexa app. Once the skill is enabled, you can say, Alexa, open Pac-Man. Access to the full suite of content for Pac-Man Waka Waka requires a subscription to the Waka Club. Try it out <laughs> $6.99 a month by asking in-game, Alexa, what can I buy? to learn more waka club members have full access to the available worlds and will get access to new worlds as they are released without a subscription players can enjoy the first five levels and tutorial world uh, as well as the first level in each of the worlds free of charge that entire last paragraph is more cyberpunk than anything in cyberpunk 2077 it's I'm like it's such <laughs> like we 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 fed an ai all this news information <laughs> and they pulled out it made a pac-man game where you control them with your fucking na- your voice over this, I just, I just want to see an image that says "Join the Waka Club for seven dollars a month." Waka Waka Waka. Yeah, how much? Who's gonna join the Waka Club? You know what I mean? God damn. Uh, Imran, I'm excited to see. I got. I mean, I, I, you know, I'll download it here while you do the thing. Where I'm gonna download the Waka Club. <laughs> Maybe I'll play it live here on the show. Uh, but outside of that, if I wanted to know what games are coming to the Mom and Grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, uh, Brigadine, The Legend of Runesaria on PS4, Cyberpunk 2077 on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Stadia, Pixel Junk Eden 2 on Switch, Orwell's Animal Farm on PC, 
Accidental Queens Collection on Switch, Evolution Board Game on Switch, uh, Tanuki Justice Switch, uh, Octafight on Switch, Alt Frequencies on Switch, Steam World Quest Hand of Gilgamech is available now in the App Store for iOS and iPad OS. Super Hot VR has released a free holiday themed update available today on PSVR, HTC uh, Vive Port, Oculus Quest, Oculus Rift, and Steam. Then deals of the day for you. Uh, starting today over on the Nintendo eShop, players can save on digital versions of select games, uh, including titles that are currently nominated or have received honors throughout the history of the Game Awards show. And then free play days are starting up over on Xbox again. Uh, Gears 5, Metro 2033, Redux, and Book of Demons are available on Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Li- or Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members uh, to play right now through Sunday night. Hold on. I, I, I never, do you ever, do you have an Alexa, Imran? No, I have Google Home. Okay, well, you're one of those guys. Yeah, you, know you I mean? do. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! We got it, man. Google Home all the way. Have fun with your Google stupid just... word game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I think I don't think I use it for anything besides just like finding out what the temperature is, which I can just easily do by pulling out my phone. But it's sure. cool if I ask it. I don't know. I never use it, so like installing a skill, I have no idea how to do. <laughs> you know, we'll do it. Uh, we'll do it on that. Uh, I, I I think if you just go on the app, there's like a little tab that says skills on the bottom. I think. Sure, but I put in Pac Man. I didn't see it. No, nah, it's you like Waka something. Remember? But I put in. Hold on, Waka. Oh, so you Waka. did find the skills? Well, I it, thought I did, but then I didn't find it. Oh, there it is. There. Every there time is there. we say Waka, it makes me think of the guy from the the racist character from FF10. <laughs> I don't know. FF10. We're playing. It's playing. The Final Fantasy? Uh, you're not going to hear that. Yes. Kevin, you should you should play a Final Fantasy game for stream. Or on stream. I, uh, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Uh, the, you, we have a couple here. They're all good, though. Uh, number one, Travis GRR says, the name of the dune buggy that Master Chief rides is actually called Cortana Mobile. So that's what it was. No, no, I think it's called Steven, right? The Minecraft character? Nanobiologist writes in to actually say it's the Warthog. We're (laughs) we're trying to get him going to do it. Um, A nanobiologist also says all the heads of the companies were on stage for the 2018 Game Awards. Uh, Kebab says it has no verification or link, but just be careful. The artist of the the DMCA song in Cyberpunk actually made the song good for streaming, so maybe you're fine there. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 Bugs says Imran said seven years ago, but Cyberpunk was announced eight years ago in 2012. Mm-hmm. And then Waka Flocka Flame says the Pac-Man game's been on Alexa since last week. Well, we're only talking about it right now. So we are the news. We make the news. That's the news. It's new Waka to us. Flocka fan. New to us. New to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did, did you know about it? Did everybody yeah. know? Echo, stop. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck she's saying back there. She's just been talking the entire time I've been doing this. You should get a dot down. on your desk. You know waka, what I mean? waka, 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 waka. I have a dot in the bathroom. She's okay. still talking. Is, I meant I meant your your desk. But I, Whoa, I, I hear I misspoke. Now. I almost bought the Alexa glasses. That would have been really cool. Then I should have done it. But there was no heads up display. It was just I would just be like, hey, Alexa, and she would listen to my glasses. Yeah, you can I play mean, that I, stupid Waka game now in your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Waka, I'm going to take a nap, but I want to play a little bit of Waka Waka. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this has been kind of funny games daily. Tomorrow, Blessing and I, that's right. The Game Awards Future Class Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Uh, will close out this week for you. Uh, if you're watching live right now on twitch.tv slash games, remember, still a huge day. In review, Karate Kid 3 is next. Then it'll be Andy doing Cyberpunk. Then it'll be the Game Awards. Lots going on. Remember, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week, down a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, go to patreon.com slash games, where right now you could get the post show Imran and I are about to do. You also could write in. You also could get uh, the show ad-free, so you don't have to hear about the Trojan stuff. You could have a great time. All right, just go have some fun. Uh, if you don't want to do any of that, youtube.com slash games, roosterteeth.com, podcast services around the globe. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>